Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, also 97.3 FM in Washington. Chris Path from Knox County Economic Development, our guest this segment. Good morning. Morning, Ed. How are I, you? Fine. I had a civil, like, I said it right. <laughs> I, I had to catch myself. Did I say it right? No, well, it's great. Okay, it's we're, great. we're getting there. All righty. Well, first of all, good morning. Good to see you. And... There are a lot of things happening. First of all, I got to ask you, yeah. how was your trip? Well, Tell me about it. Excellent. Um, so I think a lot of folks know that um, we recently sent a uh, delegation from uh, Knox County to Japan. And um, a couple of reasons why we were there, uh, first of all, uh, and then I'll, I'll tell you about like how it, how it went. Um, so we went to attend the Midwest U.S. Japan Association Conference. So this is an annual conference. I think this was like their 53rd annual. Uh, it, it, they skipped it a couple of a year or two when, uh, during the pandemic. But, um, but it was the first time that we've been back in Tokyo um, since the pandemic started because it switches back and forth between Japan and the Midwest. So, for example, next year we'll be in Columbus, Ohio in September of 24, uh, back in Tokyo the following year, and then um, Indianapolis will actually be hosting this conference the year after that. Mm-hmm. So um, so this is an association we've been longtime members of, and uh, and it includes 10, uh, 10 states uh, throughout the Midwest. And basically it's, um, you know, it's to uh, catch people up and... Uh, uh, give an opportunity for there to be a lot of interaction between U.S. Uh, officials and, and Japanese companies. We all appreciate the fact that there are two Japanese-owned companies right here um, in Knox County. And so the other reason why we went on this trip, and, and I think really the primary one besides the conference, is to make sure that our Japanese companies understand uh, that we appreciate their investment here, long-time investments. I mean, uh, Futaba, for example, uh, or FIA as it's commonly known, is uh, celebrated its 20th anniversary last year. Wow. Um, so that's how long it's been. And I know, you know, time flies, but um, it has been 20 years since uh, since FIA uh, opened their doors. And so, um, you know, they are one of our largest employers, uh, very good paying jobs. They have openings as we speak. Um, I just saw an ad uh, just this past week for job openings that they've got out there. So, you know, hundreds of good paying jobs that um, that we very much appreciate. So we got an opportunity uh, while we were there to visit uh, with uh, some of the executives from Futaba. And I want to talk about some of the things we discussed, because I think that's very important and probably one of the most important things that, um, you know, that we did on this trip. But um we got an opportunity to go out and tour one of their plants. Uh, they call it the uh, the Coda plant because that's the the city that it's located in, and they've got multiple operations. Um, you know, uh, not just in the U.S., but obviously in you know uh, in that uh, Okazaki area of uh, of Japan. So it was it was great. Uh, myself, the mayor, uh, uh, Mayor Yokum, and Commissioner Streeter uh, went on that trip, and so. Uh, I thought it was very positive. Now, as you can imagine, one of the one of the big things that we talked about was uh, talent attraction mm-hmm. and uh, 
um, attracting more workers uh, to the community. So that's been obviously that's a uh, you know uh, a concern for most companies. But we talked about that, and it gave us an opportunity to let them know what we're doing in terms of encouraging new housing. Uh, development, um, how we're working with the chamber on a talent attraction initiative, um, how we're adding a staff member to our office, uh, which I'll talk about here in a minute, um, but specifically to focus on workforce development. Uh, and so all those things that we we had a chance to, you know, face-to-face share with them, uh, and I think they were very appreciative of that. You, um, it's kind of like I guess when you have such a big delegation, how is it possible to make those deeper relationships? Well, go ahead. I mean, I mean, I'm just curious because there's so many people around, you know, right. and I mean, it's not like, Oh, we'll go out to dinner or you want to go play golf or, I mean, there's just the delegation is so big. How do you make those one-on-ones? Well, you know, what was interesting and, and this was my first trip to Japan and this conference, and I'm not sure what I expected as far as, you know, how many folks might be there uh, from, from Indiana, but we were one of three communities and that, and that was it. And so really? we actually, we got a lot of FaceTime uh, uh, with the governor, for example, uh, we were able to bring him up to speed on um, some of the initiatives we're working on here. We talked a lot about the uh, the Ready Grant and how we're using that. And again, it, it stemmed or tied back to uh, uh, you know talent attraction and housing. Uh, and so I thought it was a really good opportunity to spend some one-on-one time with the governor, mm-hmm. uh, with some of the staff from the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. And I, I think when you travel and when you spend time. Uh, in a in an atmosphere like that, you really do build deeper relationships with people. And so, um, I mean, Commissioner Streeter and I spent a good 30 minutes at breakfast one morning with the governor just talking about, you know, things that we're dealing with here. And, you know, he has very close ties to Knox County, as sure you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to talk about things that, uh, you know, he probably doesn't necessarily talk with other communities about. So I thought that was a really good opportunity. Um, and uh, the interesting thing was that because there were so few communities there, uh, the governor actually made a few comments about Vincennes and Knox County in his public remarks. Uh, and he mentioned the other communities, too, but you could tell we were his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so the other thing I want to mention, uh, just to close out the, uh, the, the trip conversation, is that um, I think that... Um, you know, like I said, this happens every other year in Tokyo. I do think it's important, and I think my board of directors um, appreciates the importance of us m- maintaining good relationships with our uh, our headquarters. And then I also want to mention too uh, that the um, uh, we also, as you know, have a uh, German company here in town, which is Shot, mm-hmm. uh, and we I, I can't remember if we talked about this, but we joined the Indiana Germany Business Council last year. This is a new group that just stood up, similar to the Japanese Association, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, their mission is to encourage foreign direct investment from German and other European companies in Indiana as well. So that's another relationship we we hope to... uh, to help grow over the uh, the coming years. And then um, I don't know if, if everybody understands that we have two sister cities, obviously Vincennes, France, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, our, our part of our namesake. 
But um, but also we are sister cities with a small community just outside of Munich uh, called Wasserburg am Inn. And so one of the things uh, one of the things I think that this trip uh, helped me. Uh, better appreciate is the fact that I think we can leverage those relationships with our sister cities, um, not just for educational and cultural exchanges, which are very important, I think, but also uh, to leverage those relationships for for business opportunities. So that's something else that um, we're just getting started talking about. But I'd like I'd like for us to think about sister cities, and and I don't think a lot of people where a lot of communities consider this. Uh, but I'd like for us to start thinking about our sister city relationships um, uh, more from a, um, or at least adding to the dialogue about uh, about business opportunities. Now, the Japanese, of course, we, we understand that they're real loyal. Yes. They, they're, they're a great business partner because of their loyalty. Mm-hmm. Okay. The success of Futaba, that has to play in our favor if there is expansion. Would you yeah, agree? Absolutely, um, and I think that I think the thing that um, that Futaba understands about our community is that one, we appreciate their investment. Two, we will work with them as a partner to try to solve uh, mm-hmm. issues, uh, and then finally, um, you know, just making sure that both the local leadership and the corporate leadership in Japan. Um, know that um, that we're here to help them be successful. Okay. All right. So, what else? Um, so we've talked about Japan. We've talked about sister city relationships. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, um, talent attraction is is top of mind for uh, for Futaba and other companies. And so, in um, by way of uh, you know housing development, which I feel like we talk about every month, mm-hmm. uh, but I I think there's a reason for that. It is our number one challenge. Uh, and uh, the good news is that we've been working uh, very closely with the redevelopment commission and the county uh, to look at ways that we can incentivize development to be building more single-family homes and uh, and multifamily. And again, when we talk about multifamily units, that could be things like duplexes uh, or um, apartments, uh, things like that. And so we've got a couple of uh, we've got a couple of projects that um, I can't uh, talk in specific detail about today. But just know that in the pipeline, if these if all these things come about, we could potentially see over the next year or so. Um, hundreds of new housing units being built in this community, which is what we need. And you may recall that when we did our housing study a couple of years ago, it suggested that we could absorb as many as 1,700 new housing units over a five-year period if we want to grow our population, and that is the goal. So if we want to stay the same, um, we still need we still need new housing units if we want to just you know sustain our population. But our goal is to grow that, uh, grow the number of people who are attracted here to fill open positions that we have, and um, you know that should be the goal of any community is to uh, have sustainable growth, not growth that's so much that you know you can't. Uh, um, uh, responsibly, you know, respond to that. But, um, but our goal is to, uh, I would love to see us, you know, set a goal for ourselves of, of, uh, you know, growing by 5% over the next decade. I think now, that's reasonable. Is there a, um, excuse me, a parcel of land you're looking at developing or is this like bits and pieces around Knox County? 
to add these houses? Yeah, I would say both. Um, so if you, and by the way, the, um, uh, for anybody who's interested in reading more about this, our housing study is uh, posted on our website. Mm-hmm. And so you can go on there. And one of the, th- one of the exercises that we did, uh, is identify the areas of the county where we think housing development is most likely to happen. And of course, those are going to be parcels that um, are either either have already water and sewer or, um, or are close enough that we can extend it. Um, so we talked a little bit about the Ready Grant program, uh, which is the state grant um, that is um, that we're gearing up for round two. And uh, the majority of those grant funds have been going toward public infrastructure. So new water lines, new uh, sanitary sewer, things like that. So to answer your question, yes, there are specific parcels um, in the area of Beer House Boulevard, for example. Um, uh, Beer House all the way from uh, Hart Street. Uh, north to is that 61 right on the, on the north end of beer house um, so that entire area already has public sewer available so if you were to um, propose building something in that vicinity it would not take that much to get uh, get the sewer and the water lines that are needed so that's one area and then um, the other area is that farther east side basically think about that area between the high school and the industrial park mm-hmm. I think that entire side of town is really ripe for future housing growth and there's some beautiful areas back there that could be you know new neighborhoods uh, mm-hmm. new apartment complexes things like that. And then we've also got on the north end of town, like in the old US 41 area, there's a lot of a uh, lot of acreage out there, probably hundreds of acres out there uh, that, again, are close to water and sewer that could be developed. When, when a business or potential business or industry looks at a place to maybe locate, where does housing fit on this? I mean, is it a, a game changer or could it be or... Well, I will tell you this, um, you know, years ago, I don't think that that was as much of a consideration, but we have a national, not, this is not unique to Knox County, um, or just Indiana, but we really have a national issue, uh, with, uh, not having enough housing. So all of the companies I've spoken to in the last couple of years are concerned about that. And, uh, I will tell you that, Uh, one of the first things I will do when we're ready to make these public announcements about these housing projects is I will be contacting any of our business prospects to let them know this good news, because that is, that is probably the number one concern they have. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got a couple of minutes. What else? Um, couple of other things I want to mention is that we're gearing up. Uh, I mentioned the, the state's Ready Grant program. Uh, what we're calling Ready 2.0 uh, is in the planning process right now. And so we're working with a firm to create a, a regional strategy for us that will uh, be submitted to the state uh, at the beginning, probably in February of 24. And so that strategy is going to be very important to the amount of grant dollars that we receive. So we're in the process of talking through all that. So there's going to be some public meetings coming up in the next, I'd say, month to two months, uh, gearing up for Ready 2.0. So we're looking forward to that. And then the last thing I want to mention is that um, uh, our new Director of Workforce and Business Development is going to start on October 11th. 
um, and her name is uh, Mary Jo Orlowski. She's coming to us from another um, regional group over in the, the Louisville area. Uh, so she's got a lot of experience. Um, I think she's going to be a great fit uh, for the community and for our office. And we're very much looking forward to having her uh, come on board and um, get to know our local leaders and our local business leaders. And uh, I think she'll just do a tremendous job for us. All right. Good note to end on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, see you next month. Thanks, Ed. All right. Say two more in the morning chat coming up on WAOV. Can't wait till after lunch for your local news, sports, and obituaries? You don't have to. WAOV 97.7 FM and 1450 AM broadcast local news 24 hours a day. And your subscription cost? Absolutely zero. Local news, sports, weather, and obituaries on air, on time, and online at newsnotcounty.com and News Talk 1450 and 97.7 WAOV. Welcome back to the morning chat with Ed Ballinger here on 97.7 FM, 1450 AM, WAOV Vincennes, 97.3 FM in Washington. Kurt Bushy from Vincennes Water Utilities, our guest this segment. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. How's it going? Very good. Good. Beautiful day out there today. I want you to know, I think about you at least two or three times a week. Really? Yeah. Every time I go out to Lincoln High School, I see that big towel water. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> wow it's, yeah it's coming along we had a uh, progress meeting uh, a couple days ago with our engineering team and and the contractor uh you know we've in my 20 years or so with the department uh, we've we've built several interesting uh things uh, but this is the the first water tower that we've constructed, you know, the, the last new water tower that was built in Vincennes was around the year 2000 <clears throat> down on the south side there by the armory. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, and, and this one on Hart Street is, is very similar. Uh, it's exactly the same size. The shape and the height will be a little bit different. Um, the other one was built by a different firm, uh, but this this group that's building this tank, um, they're based out of Avon, which is really glad that we had an Indiana-based company uh, get the the best bid. Um, and it's kind of interesting how they they have different crews. Uh, some of them work for Phoenix, and some of them are subcontractors, but. That, you know they had it they had one crew that came in and did the foundation and remember the pilings we talked mm-hmm. about and the noise that it and the vibration it created for for all of our friends out in that area um that was one crew then then they had the concrete crew that that actually built the the cylinder and we've talked about that on your show you know as as that's been going up i think I think there's 15 rings of, and they're about seven feet each, so a little over 100 feet. And then uh, putting the, the 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 finishing of the concrete was the last piece, the dome, what they call the dome on top. And uh, so now uh, there's been some tweaking and sanding and you know filling cracks and that kind of thing um, as as the concrete folks are finishing up. And now the next phase that will will probably take us into uh, 
really into the holidays in in uh, around the end of the year is the steel construction mm-hmm. portion right uh, there is steel on site that steel was fabricated down in Seabree, kentucky uh, is where uh, phoenix uh, has that particular uh, part of their business and then uh, the steel group will be in here they are here now and they'll weld the tank i'll call it the tank um on the ground around the around the current cylinder mm-hmm. that's there mm-hmm. and then uh, probably one of the most interesting things that folks might want to kind of watch out for and it's it's two or three months down the road now probably before the end of the year is when they raise raise that steel tank because that there's some of that steel that's an inch and a half thick so you can imagine how heavy that tank is that's going to hold the two million gallons of water up on top uh so i i it, but one how are they gonna do i i guess i they have, have a system I, they have that, to they have to um, so uh folks will see the the crane that's there now that's sitting on top that was used during the concrete phase that I understand will come down now. They'll they'll take that away, so no longer will our structure look like a big uh, soap dispenser. Uh, that's that's how it's been described to me from several different people. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, w- one thing that's interesting is uh, the lead the lead guy on the uh, the steel crew that that's in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, has worked for this company I think over 30 years mm-hmm. uh, he's built he's been involved in building these type of tanks all over the country last he was in North Carolina building a tank and uh, he's he lives in Monroe City so what what are the chances of that uh, you know he's really happy we had a meeting this week and he's he's really happy that uh he, he really wanted to be involved because they have more than one tank going on at any one time. Right. And uh, he, he was happy to, to be assigned to this particular project. So You know what's kind of neat? When you drive on Beer House Boulevard mm-hmm. and you go and you get close to the coal and you see the tower. Yeah. You can swear it's across the street on the left side. Oh. That's just the way that, that road is and it's... It's so different. It's deceiving. This, this whole process of building this tank has kind of, yeah, I mean, I've lived here almost all my life. And um, Hart Street, I always thought Hart Street was straight as an arrow. Oh, yeah. You I know, I, I mean, I, I thought, like, if you pull up at 15th and Hart, I thought, well, you'll be able to look straight down this street and see that tank at, up on the hill. Uh, in what we call the highlands, you know, mm-hmm. for a reason. Well, no, you can't. I mean, when you're driving out Hart Street, it's it's an optical illusion that it, it looks like the tank is actually sitting across the street. Street from on the left side, yeah. yes. It is it, the most bizarre it, thing. It is. That that road bends at such a, a, a slight curve, but a long curve, that it, it's uh, until you put something out there at the end and say, okay, here's, here's, the, you can see it, it is very deceiving. I can't wait till it's painted and everything. You know, then yeah. it, it's, it's really gonna be, I know it's gonna serve a great purpose. Yeah. Great, great, great purpose. But also, let's be honest, 
it will make it'll enhance like in high school. Yes. It'll, yeah. it'll just everything will fall into place. But the uh, the painting, I mean, people are from a scheduling standpoint. Here's kind of how it's going to lay out. I've mentioned it, but concrete work on the tower itself is pretty well complete. Um, over the winter, they will be working on the inside with the electrical things that they can do while the steel is being built on the outside and and weather permitting the steel should be up in the air uh, i think they'll prime coat uh, the steel on the ground but that won't be the final color so don't get excited if the priming coat is not a color that looks right um, but then hopefully by christmas the steel will actually be, the structure will be all up in the air with the primer on it. Uh, then they'll work through the winter finishing up the out, outside steel work, putting the, the cap on it, um, and then uh, painting won't happen until weather breaks in the spring. So if we have an early spring, I, I think they said they have to have days above 35 degrees uh, so uh, you know it'll be march or april before we can guarantee that okay will this thing be full capacity working this time next year oh yes yes yeah. absolutely we we're on schedule um to fill uh the tank probably sometime in may or june but by june 30 it should be completely done now we may not be done with the groundwork you know because we're going to put pour some concrete around the base um, for the parking area underneath it uh, to try to make it as maintenance free for us and then part of our arrangement with the school corporation to to get the land actually we agreed to put that parking lot back that used to be there it was more of a gravel lot i think when lincoln high school opened mm -hmm. but uh, we're going to build a parking lot adjacent to our tank okay for the school's use and across the street or is it no it'll be on the same side okay, all right. uh, it, it'll be between the tank and the current parking lot kind of along heart street there okay all right. folks may remember that the area where we're building the tank uh, at one time was like an auxiliary parking lot yeah. that's kind of grown over with mm -hmm. with grass but uh, so uh, I would say a year from now for sure we're in October um, everything will be done on the site well now the other thing that's going on now you might see that's getting underway is our water main construction from the tank out and then a long bower drive over to main street uh, wabash utilities is the local contractor doing that work uh, and that's just now getting underway okay i'm going to save the next question because we're we need to go to the break I okay good follow-up we'll be back after this on the morning chat within the last half hour there's a good chance you were on your smartphone or there's a good chance you were on your laptop tablet or desktop searching the internet for some much-needed information. As a business owner or manager, you've got products and services and you need to reach new customers. We can help. TOC Direct Digital can help build you a custom digital campaign. Just email digital at originalcompany.com. That's digital at originalcompany.com. Welcome back to the Morning Chat with Ed Ballinger on WAOV. Kurt Bushy from Vincent's Water Utilities. 
Our guest this segment talking about the, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, it's a the water tower. I got to come up with a name. I want a fun name for that because it is it is something. It's, well, we refer to it as the Heart Street Water Tower. You know, we've got the VU tank. We've got the Emerson uh, tank. We've right. got Fox Ridge. We've got... Um, uh, Hillcrest Park, we have a tank. So we we just simply re- refer to it, at least so far, it's been referred to as the Hart Street uh, uh, water tower, Hart Street tank. Um, it may take on a, a, a different name later on. I, I don't How about know. the Alice Tower? Well, the Alice Tower. I like yeah, it, it, yeah. It, uh, okay, this talk show, we'll refer to it as the Alice Tower okay, from now on. Well, okay. <laughs> um, a couple of things, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure people understand. There is, the, the concrete section that, that holds the, the steel up does not have water in it. It's, it's like a big, uh, you walk in and it's like a 100-story or a 100-foot tall cylinder that's open in the middle. So I, I get that question a lot. Well, will there be water in that section? The whole idea of a water tower is to elevate the water, pump it up there, and then that provides pressure for the whole system. The higher the the water is, the more pressure you can create um, for the system, and you don't have to keep pumping. You only pump to fill it up, and then as it's used, it it provides pressure. we were talking during the break a little bit about what what the benefits what what people will see once it goes online next summer uh, early summer um theoretically they probably won't see a whole lot of change uh, customers out in that area um you know are currently being served uh might see a little increase in pressure maybe see um uh, a little more consistency in pressure um, and uh, clearly um, the farm community out in that area and then and everyone out toward the other thing people don't realize is that tank will supply water to the South Knox school mm-hmm. system area um, and through Knox County water not through us but Knox County Water has a point where they pick up water from us on out Hart Street, and then their system takes that water on out and serves uh, not the town of Monroe City, but some of the surrounding area by South Knox High School and the rural areas that Knox County Water serves out that direction. So um, you were talking about the Alice Tower. (laughs) Um, The Alice Tower will will be serving the Spartans, um, as we uh, as we bring that online, uh, I mentioned the farmers. You know, when we have really probably where people will notice an improvement, maybe they might notice it. The farmers will notice it uh, is when we have real severe drought conditions. Um, we, when the when the irrigation systems that are tied on to our system or to Knox County Water get turned on, it does draw down pressure. Uh, this tank will help support that, and and hopefully we won't have those kinds of issues in the future during severe drought situations. 
you know, I am. Uh, I I just think everybody wins. Everybody wins on this. This. Oh is, yeah. I mean, it's, this is this is really something that you know needed to be done. It's cool that we've been able to watch the progress, mm-hmm. and we're just ready for it to roll. Well, and I I never talk about it, this project without mentioning that we are doing this project without any increase in pricing or rates to our to our customers. Um, we're fortunate in in Vincennes that um, our water system is in such a good situation. Our customer base is strong. You know, the addition of people like Farbest uh, has really helped stabilize our rates. Um, we have we have a great water supply. Um, we don't have to do a whole lot to it to get it out to our customers because it's such a good water supply. Yeah. Quality of water and quantity. Um, and our rate structure is amongst the lowest rates in the state of Indiana. So we were able to do this bond issue with the help of the, the mayor and the city council uh, committed one and a half million dollars of, of American Rescue Plan money to this project uh, and then we we borrowed seven and a half million uh, but none of that we were able to to amortize that debt and make those payments over the next 20 years with our existing uh, rate schedule as it stands today so okay all right um, I know uh um, we're getting into fall now. Mm-hmm. I know usually we, we talk about this, but uh, the leaves will be falling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's places to put the leaves. The gutters. I mean, you're. Yeah. Uh, don't put them in the in the storm system, system. please. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I hear reports of people just shoving. You know, they'll rake their leaves out and then or their grass clippings, and then lo and behold, they think, well, that's like a dumpster. If we just shove them in that inlet. They're gone forever, and our street will be nice and clean. Wrong. That's a bad move because what happens is it clogs up the storm system. Uh, if we don't catch it and get it cleaned out, um, water can back up in the street this time of year or soon, maybe not now or this weekend, but we'll start to get some freezing temperatures in at night. And... Um, that leads to vehicular accidents, yeah. people slipping and falling on the ice. And yeah. the drier we can keep our streets with those inlets being clean, the better off that we are. The city does a great job. The street department uh, and the administration do a great job picking up leaves around the community. And uh, just follow, I, I urge people just to follow the instructions that they give uh, on where to put your leaves, but but please keep them away from the inlets. That helps us all. Yep, exactly. All right, what else? I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I always like to uh, thank our, our staff. Uh, you know, we have a hardworking staff um, that, that come to work every day um, trying to make Vincennes a better place, uh, take care of our customers. Um, I know... Uh, uh, there's always things to do. Uh, you know, we could sit here and talk for the next two days about the projects that, <laughs> that we are either doing 
or have on the books that we would like to do. Um, and that's what makes my job interesting, and I think the, the jobs of all of our, our staff, uh, no two days are exactly alike uh, here in Vincennes and in our department, and, and that's, what, uh, that's what makes it uh, uh, nice to, you know, motivational to get up out of bed and come to work every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look at uh, what's going on Washington Avenue, uh, and I know it's it's a it's done in uh, phases, okay, as it goes along. Are you guys? I mean, are, how involved are you with this whole project as they go from phase to phase? Well, we we um, fortunately uh, the mayor and the city engineer understand the importance of of getting us involved early on in the process. And, and it's not a perfect process, you know. We're an old town. We've got a lot of old facilities. Uh, you know, we have to look and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to rebuild this road and make it nice for everybody, and we've got this state money that we're going to use to do this. Um, typically, the state money will also cover uh, the, the design of new storm systems if needed. But the water and sewer is really treated like like Vectran or uh, Centerpoint or Duke or, you know, it's up to those utility. We're treated more like a private utility in that mm -hmm. respect. So right. it's up to us to, to repair or replace anything that we think needs to be done prior to the, the project actually starting. And uh, so we're, we're involved quite heavily. We're, we're already having, we, we've been meeting, I don't know, six months probably on the next phase of Washington Avenue, which is that phase that takes us from, from a, the area of Inman Field there down to Cantwell Marathon, mm -hmm. or Cantwell Sunoco. Sunoco, yeah. Um, so that's how far in advance and, and that phase is not scheduled i don't think to be done don't hold me to this but i'm thinking 2027 2028 uh so this is a, a the the best uh comparison that i can give to what's going on on washington avenue is is what went on out on main street and main street was a three-phase Right. Uh, I think they actually ended up doing phase two and three kind of together, but um, uh, and that that project has been is fantastic out there. I mean, mm -hmm. if you haven't been out that way, uh, it, it's it's really nice it for is. the schools and, and and I think down the road when Bower Drive, when we get the water main in and the water tower done, we're looking at trying to get some sewer systems out to that area that we need. Um, once all that's done and Bower Drive is improved, um, it'll it'll uh, it'll really finish that off nicely. And I know the the RDC is talking about uh, repaving uh, Hart Street before sometime in the next two or three years. I I think I I just heard that, but. Uh, so there's a lot going on. Mayor Yoakum and the council and the city engineer uh, are to be commended for the uh, 
the the work on our streets and the state you know the state's got a nice program mm -hmm. uh in place and has had now for several years uh and that's how we get all these road projects done here in the community uh is through that that state program i forget the name of it but uh um all the local communities uh, benefit from that that uh, project all right Kurt, appreciate your time today see you next month thanks ed all right stay tuned mid edition is next the waov